Welcome to the Stress Nanny Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Miller, and I'm delighted that you're here. I wouldn't be an authentic stress nanny if I didn't acknowledge that there are some weeks when you don't need vast amounts of information on how to stress less as much as you need a few minutes to actually relax. So sometimes on the podcast, we'll take a break from interviews and I'll tell you a story with a little kernel of wisdom. Today is one of those days, as I sense that many of us could use a bit of downtime. So sit back or keep driving or folding laundry or doing dishes or whatever you're doing and enjoy a few minutes with me as I share a tale of adventure and anxiety on the blue waters of the Pacific Ocean. First, though, some background to the story. During our college years, my husband Richie and I took a scuba diving class with my sister and her husband. We'd meet up weekly at the scuba center pool, don our gear, and practice things like clearing our ears, breathing through a regulator, and swimming with wetsuits, air tanks, and fins. As we got more comfortable swimming, we started tinkering with moving deeper into the water. When you dive, you don't wear a life jacket because you wouldn't sink. So you have a buoyancy vest that you can fill with air, letting air in and out, and balancing it with the weights in your, in your buoyancy vest. You play with the proportion of the air and the weight in your weight belt, taking into account your own weight to control your ascent and your descent in the water, all of which should be done smoothly and at intervals, as opposed to sinking 30 feet or rising 30 feet immediately. All these tasks seem pretty manageable in the pool. (laughs) So training went fairly smoothly. We learned to read our regulators, monitor our air supply, and control our ascent and our descent. We learned the hand signals to use with our dive buddies to help them know what we were doing or what we needed. We progressed through the class until we reached our big certification dive. Admittedly, the diving in Utah is limited, so our final certification dive consisted of a warm water adventure at the crater in Midway, Utah. It's a 65-foot deep hot spring contained inside a big limestone rock dome. While the depth was more than I'd experienced at the pool, the water was clear and well lit, so the dive felt fairly innocuous. Passing our final dive with flying colors, we were now ready to dive anywhere 60 feet or less. In the intervening years, Richie and I had the chance to make some dives in Hawaii and California, and in the wide open ocean I spent half the time feeling like a brave adventurer and the other half feeling so nervous at the realization that I was just one little person swimming around in the vast ocean. It is an odd thing to undertake connecting oneself to a massive body of water teeming with life and currents and the unknown. It was, and still is, the fear of the unknown that usually sends me into hyperventilation when I am diving. About four years after certifying, my family scheduled a reunion in Baja, California. We enjoyed a week at the beach just south of the border, swimming, shopping, laughing, and relaxing. We'd researched scuba diving options, and so on a sunny Tuesday, a little group of us made our way down to a marina to undertake a dive to La Bufadora, or the blowhole. We'd read that it was a great dive site and convenient to our location. So it was that my dad, my sister, her husband, our dive buddies from back in college, and Richie and I boarded a rickety outboard motorboat and headed out into the Pacific Ocean. As the tiny vessel shuddered over the waves, my sister and I exchanged nervous glances. The motor struggled as we plowed through more and more waves. 
The wind that day picked up, and while the sun was bright, we had quite a ride over to La Bufadora, so we were already a little bit nervous. The blowhole was a cave where air gets trapped and then explodes upward into the air. Like, when the water hits it, it makes a big explosion, because the trapped air pushes the water up. It's quite a sight to see, but as an amateur diver who had zero meditation skills at the time, my mind wandered most readily to the scary parts of the dive. I thought, what if I get sucked into the cave, how will I get out? Would I survive being shot up against that cave ceiling? Do I have my life jacket in the boat? What if we all die? <laughs> my mind can get really creative about how things can go wrong, which is why it's really great that I eventually found meditation. Anyway, that day at La Bufadora, the boat eventually slowed to a stop and we got suited up. I was increasingly anxious as the boat continued to rock vigorously on the water. I checked my regulators, verified that I had air in my tank, and set myself up with all the weights I needed. I took a deep breath, pulled my mask on, and sat on the edge of the swaying boat with my back to the water. I stuck my regulator in my mouth, flattened my palm against my mask and my regulator as I'd been taught, took a deep breath in, sent a brave smile over to my husband Richie, and leaned backward into the water just like a well-trained diver. The water was cold, so it was a bit of a shock, and I remember coming up, kicking my unwieldy fins and trying to keep my head above water. Fighting against the weight of my tank and the weights of my belt, I was struggling to stay afloat and wasn't ready to descend until everyone else was in the water, but it appeared that I had little choice. Something was most definitely not right. I paddled and kicked and fought the water as the weight of my gear tugged me under. Spluttering and panicking, I pulled my regulator out and breathlessly called over to Richie, Help! He looked at me, swam over, pulled me up by my arm to help me catch my breath since I had removed the apparatus that was guaranteed to keep me breathing no matter whether I was above or below the water. And then he looked at me and said, Inflate your BC. Still shaky, I looked at him and said, What? He said, inflate your BC, and he pressed the button that sent air into the vest that was designed to keep me buoyant. In my preparations, I had forgotten to inflate the vest, so I was left with my own weight, the weight of my equipment, and the additional weight in my belt that I had packed to make sure I could get down to the depths I wanted in order to see the sea life. Once my BC was inflated and I was topside of the water, I took a deep breath, few deep breaths actually and my panic started to subside. It was still chilly and still a little unnerving but I wasn't constantly fighting the weight I was under and feeling like I was drowning. After a few more minutes I was ready to make the descent and explore all that La Bufadora had to offer. The trip was after that uneventful and we enjoyed a beautiful day in the ocean. That was the story now for the wisdom, which, based on my actions, I was obviously only able to connect with in hindsight. The lesson that I learned that day, and the one I'd like to share with you, is when it feels like you're drowning, either literally or figuratively, find your air and mind your buoyancy. Some weeks, days, or minutes, life can feel so overwhelming. It might be emotions, relationships, situations, or past hurts overwhelming us. We might feel weighed down by financial trouble, illness, injury, or family problems, overscheduling, or job stress. We all have times when we feel like we're drowning in a sea of struggle. In those moments, know that you're not alone. One of the first things I did when I started to panic that day was to take out my regulator mouthpiece. Not smart. Of all the rules of diving, this is a cardinal one. 
do not separate yourself from your ability to breathe. <laughs> it's interesting because when you dive, the gauge on your regulator tells you how quickly you're using your air. When you're stressed and breathing quickly and shallowly, you use your air up much quicker than if you breathe evenly. Part of practicing diving is practicing even breathing because you can dive deeper, farther, longer, and thus experience more things when you breathe steadily. Thankfully, in our day-to-day -day lives, most of us don't have to carry around air tanks, but I sometimes wonder what it would be like to monitor our air consumption, because we'd become much more aware of how much air we're using, and then also how we are breathing. Am I breathing rapidly in shallow breaths, or am I breathing slow in even breaths? One of the simplest and easiest things we can do to help our bodies during times of stress is to breathe deeply and evenly. Shallow, quick breathing is a sign that the nervous system is ramped up, and it quickens other processes in our bodies. When we feel that level of stress or anxiety coming on, if we can find our air and practice full, deep inhalations and exhalations, we can temper the body's stress response. Interestingly, the body appreciates practice at deep breathing. It's mildly helpful to breathe deeply in a stressful situation if you've never practiced it before. It's extremely helpful to practice breathing deeply and then to breathe deeply in a stressful situation. So I invite you, wherever you are right now, and hopefully a little bit more relaxed, to practice deep breathing. Continue what you're doing. Just take a few deep breaths, a deep drink of air the next time you breathe in. Let it fill your belly, your lungs. Feel your chest expand, your heart open. And as you exhale, let all of that breath go, every bit of it. And then again, inhale and feel the deep nourishment. As you exhale, feel gratitude for your life, the body that is yours. And as you inhale, just soak it in. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. When you feel like you're drowning, find your air. And lastly, get your buoyancy right. Some struggles in life weigh us down more than others. Do you know what lifts you? What makes you buoyant? When you feel weighed down, what are the activities, practices, or people that lift you? What are the things that help you feel confident in the face of the weight that you carry? Can you do one of those today? even just for a minute or two. In the moment in the water, just like in life, feeling helpless to change the situation compounded my stress and anxiety exponentially. When I thought there was nothing that I could do and I was going under no matter what, I just got more and more stressed. When we feel helpless to improve our situation, it, become, it can become a slippery slope mentally and emotionally for us. Sometimes life is such that it's just a matter of choosing the things that make us buoyant, and other times we need help to stay buoyant. In that moment of alarm and strain, I'd forgotten about the tools that I had to keep my head above water. I had all that I needed on me. I just needed someone to point it out and help me use what I had. If you can't remember what those things are that make you buoyant, ask a trusted person to help you remember what they are so that you can regain your buoyancy. And hopefully you keep practicing a little thing like breathing so that it can become a part of your day-to-day -day buoyancy tool belt. It's always astounding to me that oxygen can have such a big impact. That day at La Bufadora, adding a little bit of air 
to counter the weight in my vest was all I needed to enjoy the underwater adventure that ad, adventure that awaited me. Similarly, adding a little more air to our day can help us in so many ways. So I'll take my leave now, trusting you to breathe a bit more deeply to keep yourself afloat amidst whatever stresses you're experiencing this week. Until next time.